Welcome to the Peter Gabbett Podcast, ladies and gentlemen. I'm your host, Peter Timothy Hankston. and today is Saturday, April 25th, 2020, which means I'm on day 133 of 365 promised episodes that brings you unedited, unscripted, improv, news, movies, music, sports, entertainment, and all things except politics. Time for a new movie review, folks, and I gotta say, it is a doozy in the fact that it sucks. It's called Gretel and Hansel, and as you suspect, it's another twist on the original story, Hansel and Gretel, only the title is Gretel and Hansel for some reason. But I gotta say, Through the years, I've seen multiple versions of this story put into a movie style. And this one, like the others, is complete garbage. Yes, it begins with two young British kids living a life of poverty in a place full of abuse. And of course, they run away, escaping into the woods, which are dark and creepy and dull and boring and they make their way eventually to the house with all the food that, you know, is lined up on the kitchen table, smelling amazing, smelling of cakes and ham and crumpets and tea and all the stuff that they've been wanting because they're starving it up, having traveled through the woods with nothing to get them through. No nutrition, you know, they're starving, their stomachs are eating themselves. They come across this creepy house with an old lady who has all this delicious food for them every day, with only one exception, that they stay there with her, and things take a turn for the worst, as you would expect, just like the story goes. But I gotta say, I was bored out of my mind the entire time. I forced myself to watch this, and I regret every second of it. Do not waste your time with this. The kids are decent actors, I will say that. I believe one of the girl, the main girl is from the movie It. She does a fantastic job in the movie It. I'm not going to lie. But they make her look like such a little boy that even teenage boys wouldn't watch this to see a cute girl in it. You know? There's no genre of people. There's no age group that I believe would enjoy this movie. It was terrible. Creepy, yes. Scary, no. I give it a total of 3 out of 10. Yes, do not waste your time with Gretel and Hansel. It is boring and not entertaining. Now folks, we all know it's really expensive to not only fly to Hawaii, but to stay there for the most part, unless you know somebody or you find a really cheap Airbnb out of sheer luck. But right now, the Hawaii Tourism Authority is sending people back free of charge who are visiting Hawaii to get rid of them. Yes. So any people who are tourists there right now who are violating the stay-at-home order which they're doing that, obviously, because they're not at home, will be getting sent back with some money set aside specifically to keep Hawaii safe 
from the spread of COVID-19. So in my opinion, this would have been the best time to go visit Hawaii. Because A, there's no one there. You know, there's no tourists. You'd be one of the only ones. So you'd get to go wherever you want. B, everyone who lives there is staying at home. So the beaches are yours to enjoy. And C, they're going to pay for you to go back to try and get rid of you. I mean, don't get me wrong. There's a chance you'll get charged with a misdemeanor for violating the stay-at-home order or whatever. But if you don't live in Hawaii, then just don't go back and you won't have to worry about it. They're not going to extradite you from your hometown of, you know, Virginia City or, you know, Albuquerque, New Mexico to Hawaii just so that you can pay a $250 fine. All I know is I've never been to Hawaii and now they got me thinking I should hop a flight right now and hit it up. Regardless of the consequences, I must say there is only one place I've ever heard San Diegans say is a bit better than here, and that is Hawaii. So I got to see for myself because I feel like I'm in the epitome of paradise most of the time here in San Diego. So if there's a place in the U.S. specifically that is better, then I must experience that. Well, folks, according to Forbes magazine, Kanye West is now officially a billionaire. That is correct. Yes, I'm as flabbergasted as you. And how they came about this information is quite funny. He texted it to them, telling them that they undervalued him greatly and he's actually worth over a billion, mostly on account of his sneaker brand. So everybody wants to know how much this guy's worth and his Yeezy sneaker brand or whatever. But you got to take into account the fact that he was a rapper who made tons of money off of that. He probably used that money somewhat wisely to invest in things that would make him more money. He's also married to Kim Kardashian, who's worth a ton of money. God knows why. She was born rich, never had to do anything except make herself look as good as possible to get more money and make people envy her. And somehow, someway, through this crazy, ridiculous world we live in, now, instead of one smart individual or very educated and well-to-do, deserving person becoming a millionaire, it's Kanye West. Kanye Worst, I like to call him. The guy is a joke. He still talks like he's from the ghetto. If you're a billionaire, you need to learn proper grammar and English. I don't understand how this guy's worth a billion dollars, and I'm pretty sure in my entire lifetime, I will not have collaborated one million dollars worth of anything in all the years I'm alive. And that's not even that high of a number. So I got an older brother. He makes 150000 a year. It won't take him that many years to have made a million bucks. Yes. Me? No. Nowhere near that amount of money. Most I've ever made in a year by myself is probably maybe at most 
80,000. You know, I, I just don't foresee a time when PETA Hankst will ever have anywhere near a million bucks, much less a billion. And if Kanye West wants us to all know that he's now a billionaire, well, that just puts more people's, that just puts the idea in more people's minds to rob the living shit out of him. Now you're worth a billion? Well, that's enticing a ton more people than before who just thought you were worth a few million to go and jack you or kidnap you or kidnap your kids. Don't tell people how much money you have, dummy. Don't let the world know that you're filthy rich. That's a stupid choice. Keep it to yourself and live happily and quietly and then you won't have any issues. Well, folks, if you're like me and you thought I should have a brewery and I'd be making a ton of cash, well, I bet you're happy you didn't because during this pandemic, one million kegs are now going stale across the country because there's nobody going to bars to drink them and most people don't buy entire kegs for their homes. You know, it's a rare thing to know somebody who owns their own kegerator, which, as you may know, is like a refrigerator for a keg with a pump on the outside of it to allow you to serve yourself ice-cold beer at any time without your beer going stale by untapping and retapping your keg over and over. Now, I gotta say, this is one of the things you pretty much don't normally think about during something like this. You're thinking, oh, you know, the 32 million gallons of milk they're pouring out every day. That's sad. And all the food and the Smithfield meat, that's going bad because the Smithfield Packing Company had to shut down. And all these other things that are happening during the pandemic. But you don't think about the fact that the people who busted their ass to brew a ton of beer for us to drink are now losing also a ton of money because there's nothing they can do with this beer. You can't donate that that beer to Feeding America. That's not going to help. You know, you can't just give it to the Red Cross and be like, hey, anybody who needs a nice fresh beer, let them have this. By the way, here's some flyers for my brewery in case you want to, you know, hit me up later after this is over and buy some beer. That's not how it works. I'm not even sure you can give away free beer like that. So what do you do? You got to let it rot. That's that's the only choice. Or you crack open your kegs and pour it out everywhere. You pour out beer just like they poured out milk. Now don't get me wrong. The process of brewing beer is more painstaking, I'm sure, than just having cows eat grass and milking them. But at the same time, to have cows that eat grass that you milk... You've got to have a farm. You've got to be able to take care of these cows, make sure they don't get sick and pass around diseases. you got to go through all these measures to pasteurize your milk and clean it and get it certified for the FDA and all that stuff. But when you're brewing beer, you know, it's, it's probably more fun than milking a cow and having a dairy farm. You don't have to smell all the shit. You know, you get to sample beers with your buddies each day, try different flavors, 
you know, go to the local reps and distributors and tell them what to do with your beer and go to bars and spread the love. All those things that you do when you have a brewery are much more fun, I'm sure, than having a dairy farm and wasting all your milk during this pandemic. And either way, it's a sad story. Milk's being poured out and beer's going rotten. You know, I say to the people who are obsessed with drinking milk, get out there and buy a few extra gallons each week and start sucking it down like this was a 90s Got Milk commercial. And to the folks who drink beer, start buying kegs instead of cases from the store. Get yourself a setup in the backyard with an empty trash can and some ice and suck down that beer before it goes to waste. Do you really want to sleep at night knowing that millions of gallons of beer were completely wasted? Now, I'm part of a Facebook group that's barbecue pitmasters, etc., etc. And every single day, somebody joins this group and then posts the simple question, I'm an amateur, I just bought a brisket, how do I smoke it? And then tons and tons of people try and answer the question, all of them giving different answers, and the majority of them being incorrect. Now, let me set the record straight right now when you smoke a brisket. It does not matter if the fat side is up or the fat side is down. There's a lot of fat inside the center of the brisket between the burnt ends and the flat, and that's going to melt through the meat the whole time you smoke it. Either way, keeping it tender, it does not make sense to think that putting the fat side up would have the fat drain down around the meat and make it more tender. It makes no sense. Only the outside of the meat would ever get any of that fat dripping, and that's where all the bark is created anyway. So, Let's put it, let's set the record straight here. Doesn't matter which side you smoke the brisket on, regardless, I do it fat side down because the brisket itself is flatter that way and it sits on a grill best flat side, fat side down. But it doesn't matter. Then all you need to do is have a smoker whose temperature set at 225 degrees Fahrenheit, 225, and smoke your brisket uncovered and you know you got your rub on there whatever you choose i personally only use two things in my rub salt and something i won't tell you but if you want to use brown sugar garlic powder onion powder all these things you know you can whatever you want or if you want to go texas style and just use a whole crap ton of really coarsely ground black pepper then you can use that too but i say you put your rub on the brisket you put it on the smoker at 225, and you smoke it until the brisket itself has an internal temperature of no more than 160 degrees. If you go up to 165, that's fine, I guess, but absolutely not beyond 165 or you're going to get a brick. So when you reach the core temp of 160, you take the brisket off the smoker, wrap it in either foil or butcher paper very tightly, so that none of the juice will escape. Place it back on the smoker, still at 225, and 
put your temperature or put your thermometer back into it until you read a temperature in the in the actual brisket of no more than 207 degrees Fahrenheit. That's the lucky number, I promise you. It sounds weird, but 207. Some people go 210, some people go 200. 207 is perfect. As soon as you reach that number, you let it ride as long as you want, depending on how tender you want the meat to be. Now, as long as you don't go above that number in internal temperature, then you won't destroy your meat. If you cook it at too high of a temp and the internal temperature of the meat reaches 250 or something high like that, all the liquid will drain out of your meat and you will be left with a solid brick that tastes like crap. But if you maintain that level of around 200 degrees in the internal temperature of your brisket as it smokes, you can go as long as you want depending on how tender you want it. Now, I like my meat to be so tender I can hardly cut strips of the brisket flat without it falling apart because I believe the meat should melt in your mouth. Some people prefer it to have a little more pull to it. If you're working on competition brisket, then they expect it to have some more pull. Now, I don't understand why competition brisket wants to have more pull like this, because that means more chew, which I, again, don't agree with. I think it should be so tender, it falls apart in your mouth and melts like butter. So I go for three to five hours at the point of 200 degrees internal temperature of my brisket, and I take it off when I'm certain this thing is going to cut and melt in your mouth like butter. And then, if you're not satisfied with the amount of fat rendered from the burnt ends or point portion of the brisket, you can remove that from the flat, which is what I do, rewrap it in foil, and put it back on the smoker for an additional three to five hours, which will render off the fat of the point, which has a lot more fat content, until you're left with meat butter, I'm telling you. You cut these you cut these burn ends into cubes and they're just little chunks of meat butter so tender and so packed full of beef flavor it's unbelievable. So again, don't worry about all this stalling out and exactly, you know, what timing you should be doing. It's all about temperatures. 160, wrap it. 200, let it ride as long as you want it for tenderness. That is how you cook a brisket. Do not listen to people online talking about fat side up and all these stupid tricks that they believe will help you. None of that matters. You don't need to inject your brisket with pineapple juice. You don't need to inject it with apple juice and do all these weird things. Depending on the wood you use, it may have nodes of sweetness to it if you use apple wood. It may have more of a harsh, you know, smoky exterior if you use oak. But the fact of the matter is, it'll still be tender, juicy, and delicious as long as you go by my original guidelines. So get out there, smoke yourself a brisket, don't be afraid, be confident, you got this. 
Folks, it's time for the portion of the Peter Gabbett Podcast. I'm certain you waited the entire episode for, and that is Real Stories, brought to you by me, Peter Timothy Hankst, and Barbecues, and that's B-B-Q-U-S-I-O-N, also found at www.barbecuesion.com. If you'd like to check it out, it's pretty impressive stuff. Today, folks, I'm going to tell you the story about when I threw a fat house party When I first moved here to San Diego, which ended up being a much fatter party than I could have possibly expected, and what happened, my roommate locked everyone out of the bathroom. Yes. So, picture this. Now, I had attempted to throw a house party right off the bat when I first moved here, and I didn't have enough friends to really trust that it would be a real party, and nobody really showed up. And it ended up just being my brother and his friends and me. So I felt like a total loser. I was like, I can't believe this. I can't even get any of my own people here. My brother brought his friends because he felt bad for me. And here I am drinking with my brother and his friends, which I could have done at his house because he does that every Friday night. So to make sure the next time I threw a party, it was a rager. I created flyers for this thing. And I went to work and passed them out and got promises from every one of my co-workers that they would show up, and I held them to it, and I reminded them, and I marked it on the work calendar, and I spread out text messages and group texts and emails, and I went balls to the wall to get this thing as poppin' as it could be. Now that, I must say, was a mistake, because people began to show up at my house in hordes that day, to the point where I could no longer control this thing, I had to let it ride. In fact, there were so many people showing up that I didn't even know, that instead of turning them away away at the door, I decided to just let them in and put away anything that was worth money in my house and just see how much destruction would occur in my house which I rented And eventually I would just have to clean it up. I knew it. There were spills happening, bottles being shattered, people having sex in random crevices of my house, and just all kinds of weird and crazy stuff going on. This was a true blue Southern California party at its finest, and it was reaching a maximum level at the point in which I began to notice a gigantic line for the bathroom of my house showing up going all the way through the hallway and into the center portion of my house where the main part of the party was. So I'm wondering what is going on that's holding up this bathroom so much that all these women can't go take a piss. You know, everybody in line was a girl. The guys, they wouldn't wait. They just went to my backyard and began pissing all over the place. Whatever, there's nothing I can do. And so I finally realized from the person in the front of the line They say a dude walked in and he locked the door and for over 30 minutes he had been in there and nobody knew what was going on. So I start banging on the door and I'm like, hey, whoever you are in there, speak, speak, you know, tell me who you are, what's going on. And it turns out to be my own roommate. Yes, by the name of Josh Opperman, who lived with me at the time because he had moved from the Midwest to come see what life was like in San Diego. Now I had 
you know, I had it made and set up for him. Now, all he had to do was pay me one solid amount of money per month. I think it was like 500 bucks. And I paid the other 1500 for a total of two grand for the house itself. Or no, it was 1500 total. So I paid the other 1000 So he paid 500 I paid 1000 All amenities paid for. Cable, TV, you know, set up. I got the SDG&E, the gas and electric bill paid every month. I paid all the bills. I'm talking trash pickup, water, all that. All he had to do was pay me one-third of the rent, and he had his own room, his own bathroom, everything. Now, his bathroom was the bathroom that people used for the party. It was the main guest bathroom. I had a little mini bathroom in my master bedroom, but that door and everything was locked because I didn't want people in my bedroom whatsoever during this party. That's not going to happen. I had all my valuables in there. It was It was not legit. So... I start banging on the door. I find out it's Josh. And I'm like, dude, what are you doing in there, man? And he's like, oh, I'm sick, man. I got too drunk. I've just been puking and I'm in the shower now. So during a fat rager party I throw with an unimaginable amount of attractive women in my house for him to have sex with. Now, I had a wife, so I'm not going to be engaging in any of that. But he, he had the opportunity to bang a multitude of women that were severely intoxicated in his own house that he did nothing to get there. And instead of that, he gets too drunk, like right at the beginning of the party, and locks himself in the bathroom, forcing me to allow all these drunk-ass bitches to use my personal bathroom instead of the guest bathroom, which was huge, had more space, big mirror, all these things. And I'm thinking, this guy is a complete jackass. He has almost ruined this party. Luckily, I have a spare bathroom, which I opened up. And people started rummaging through my bedroom and crap. And I had to basically stand there and regulate my personal bathroom. And make sure nobody hung out in my bedroom and tried to have sex in my bed and other weird stuff. Which almost ruined my time, but I still had fun. But in the end, after this rager... My house was in a state of complete destruction. There was bottles. I mean, I found stuff from that party a month later. There was so much crap that went on. People at my work were talking about how they hooked up at my house. And I don't even know where or how they did it. But there was one point where I walked in to the area where I did my laundry. And there was a big pile of dirty laundry in there. And there was two people having sex on the ground on it. And I was like, just grossed out. I was like, this is disgusting. You choose to have sex on top of somebody else's dirty laundry. That's seriously gross. Not to mention, it was in a basket. You know, it was like set aside. But they were like, you know, rolling around the ground and knocking stuff over and just doing whatever they were doing, drunkenly having sex. And it was a dude who was engaged to another woman who he was about to marry, and he was having sex with a random chick for my work. So it was kind of weird and awkward, but, you know, that's the type of rager I threw. People were playing beer pong on our on our actual ping pong table. You know, all kinds of crazy stuff was going on that you could expect at a SoCal party that went out of control. Now, people talked about this party forever. They knew me as... Party Pete, the guy who threw that rager they all had fun at. 
I don't even know how I came around from this and didn't, you know, my whole house should have collapsed. But I was able to clean it top to bottom. I spent a couple days just going over this place and I was hung over. And I got no help from Josh. Of course not. He was so hung over the next day, he never left his room. And I had to tell him about how he was the reason a bunch of the women were pissed at my party because they had to hold their freaking urine for like an hour by the time I finally gave in and let him use my restroom. So this dude was a joke. But the lesson to be learned here is quite obvious. When you throw a rager, keep yourself somewhat sober, at least at the beginning, so that you can have your bathroom open and not occupied, and you can regulate your house. And also, don't give out flyers, because it's just going to get so out of control, you just kind of have to let it unfold and let it happen then. There's really no way to stop it. And then deal with the consequences the next day like I did. I hope you enjoyed the Peter Gabbett podcast today, folks. I hope you're staying home and staying safe and staying healthy. And I will talk to you tomorrow. Oh, you made up in the jail before? Suck my dick and all the motherfuckers catch you run with. Get done with, dumb quick. How the fuck you gonna poke the dog or some bum shit? Aight, they go to gun click. Now I'm one, one shit. All over some dumb shit. Ain't that some shit? And niggas remind me of a strip club. Cause every time you come around, it's like, what? I just gotta get my dick sucked. And I don't know who the fuck you think you talking to. But I'm not him, I explain to watch what you do. Or you gon' find yourself very next to someone else. And we all thought you loved yourself. But that couldn't have been the issue. Or maybe they just saying that now cause they miss you. Shit, a nigga tried to diss you. That's why you laying on your back, looking at the roof of the church. Preacher telling the truth and it hurts. Y'all gon' make me lose my mind. Up in here, up in here. Y'all gon' make me go all out. Up in here, up in here. Y'all gon' make me act a fool. Up in here, up in here. Y'all gon' make me lose my cool. Up in here, up in here. Off the chain, I leave niggas soft for the brain. This nigga still want the fame. Off the name. First of all, you ain't rap long enough to be fucking with me. And you, you ain't strong enough. So whatever it is you puffing on, I got you thinking that you Superman. I got the kryptonite. Should I smack him with my dick in the mic? Yeah, niggas characters, not even good actors. What's gonna be the outcome? Let's add up all the factors. You act, you twist it, your girl's a hoe. You broke, the kid ain't yours, and everybody knows. Your own man say you stupid. You be like, so, I love my baby mother. I never let her go. I'm tired of weak ass niggas whining over foot that don't belong to them. Fuck is wrong with them? They fuck it up for real niggas like my man's in them Who get it all from the strength for the hands with them Man, y'all gon' make me lose my mind Up in here, up in here Y'all gon' make me go all out Up in here, up in here Y'all gon' make me act a fool Up in here, up in here Y'all gon' make me lose my cool Up in here, up in here I bring down rings so heavy it hurts the head No more talkers Put him in the dirt instead. You keep up, that you tryna end up red. Cause if I end up dead, I end up dead. Cause you just soft type nigga. Fake up north type nigga. Push like a soft white nigga. Dog is a dog, blood sticking in water. We done been through the mud and we quicker the slaughter. The bigger the order, the more guns we run out. When the finish, everybody come out. When nobody burn out. 
sun in the sun out I'ma keep the gun out Nigga running his mouth I'ma blow his lung out Listen, your ass is about to be missing You know who gon' find you? Some old man fishing Grandma wishing your soul's at rest But it's hard to digest with the size of the hole in your chest uh, Y'all gon' make me lose my mind Up in here, up in here Y'all gon' make me go all out Up in here, up in here Y'all gon' make me act a fool Up in here Now, folks, I am not an idiot. I know that DMX has never made real quality music of any kind. However, there are some DMX songs that are so annoyingly catchy and a part of the culture of my childhood that there's no denying I have to at least at one time on the Peter Gabbett podcast play a DMX cut, if you will, And this is the perfect opportunity for that, as I have just told you a story about a raging party. So why not play Party Up In Here by DMX to solidify my heightened level of sheer douchebaggery. Here it 